We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast. It is Wednesday, November 13th. Nick Whalen back. With James Anderson, we are sponsored, as always, by FanDuel.com. James, I'm looking at our rundown, and the number one item on the list is the New York Knicks. What better team to start with than the New York Knicks, who are 2-9. and nine. They were smacked around again last night, uh, this time most recently by the Chicago Bulls, who are also, if you've been paying attention, a very poor basketball team, a team that has struggled on both ends of the floor, particularly on offense. They put up 120 points on the Bulls last night, or excuse me, on the Knicks last night. Kobe White had like 20-plus points in the fourth quarter. I don't even know what the final total was. He had six threes in the quarter, um, outscored the Knicks by himself easily. Uh, the Knicks had 17 points in, in a game in the fourth quarter in a game that they lost by 18. It, it just continues to get worse and worse. Um, I, I don't know where you're at on Fizz as a coach. He's a guy that I always liked. Um, I, I think he's in a really rough spot, but he also doesn't seem to be handling it well, the greatest did you, way. Did you like him last year? I thought he got kind of exposed last year by just the way he could not, like he just could not settle on any sort of rotations at all. And like you, you kind of went from being his guy one day to like six days later being just in the doghouse. And mm-hmm. and I just I, I just don't think he's got uh the right temperament to be a a head coach uh just in terms of like i think he gets his his swings get like too high and too low uh on certain guys Mm -hmm. and maybe he hasn't embraced being a developmental coach which is i think that's the biggest comes with the territory if you're the new york knicks coach but uh i mean he i'm kind of kicking myself like so i i came into the year not thinking he was a great coach uh but I'm sort of kicking myself for not just banging the drum a little louder, a little louder about him being a great bet for first coach fired because, you know, a 
you know, whoever the Knicks coach is, is going to get fired within two or three years of getting that job anyways. And B, you, you always want to look at those rosters where the general manager just did such a horrible job of putting the team together that it's like an impossible task for any non-elite head coach to mm. try to scrap together wins with that roster. And that's exactly uh, what he was dealt heading into this year and it's gone about as poorly as anyone could have hoped and i would love to hear from the knicks fans who were not uh who were sort of bullish on <clears throat> on their offseason like hey short-term contracts julius randall might be part of the future mm-hmm. like okay so well. it was all this is all a long con to get Giannis. they didn't actually want Kyrie or durant Look, they were just Giannis is watching the knicks and he's like oh man get me to this team now <laughs> I, I guess what I meant is like Fizz always seemed like a cool guy. Like he was like the yeah. cool assistant. No, for he, the was, he, he was he was like the like a the, trendy hire, the good cop to Spolster's bad yes. cop in Miami. But it's right. it's easy to be the fun, cool guy with like LeBron and Dwayne Wade yeah. when none of this is on you. True, it's, it's a lot harder to be the yep. cool guy when. Like, you can't get along with Marc Gasol. Right. That seems like forever ago that he was fired by Memphis in a very similar situation. He got a little bit of a longer leash. I think he lasted closer to, like, 20 or 25 games with Memphis. But it was kind of the same issue where he clashed with Marc Gasol. The organization chose Marc Gasol. Of course, ended up trading him a year later. Um, I think he got a, a bad shake in Memphis. You could argue that he got a pretty bad shake in New York. But as you alluded to, he hasn't... He hasn't adapted his coaching to the situation. I guess like he doesn't. He like refuses to acknowledge, you know that that you know whether it's Memphis or New York that you can't always coach the same way no matter what. I guess and he's in a weird situation with the Knicks. I'm I'm not willing to just you know brush this off and blame management exclusively, but he's been given a win now mandate with a roster that's arguably now the worst in the league. They're the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, I mean I th- I think he was I think Fizdale was bad last year and. The front office was horrible this past off season, and so it's making him look even worse this yep. year. And so, I, would you I, trust him with Kyrie and Durant? Like, would you trust him with a good team? We haven't really seen that. I think he has to go back to being an assistant mm-hmm. before he gets another head coaching job. Like, I just I cannot imagine. I mean, unless it's just <clears throat> Durant and Kyrie doing a DeAndre Jordan and saying we want this guy, so better go get this guy. Mm-hmm. Then I just can't see any of the other yep. twenty nine teams rolling the dice on him it's just the track record is just it's it's really bad so Mm -hmm. you have to go back and be a uh, assistant and then if you do a really good job with that team then you can maybe get another shot i think he's still popular among players like when he was fired from memphis i remember lebron and wade like immediately you know tweeted their support for him and talked about it in press conferences but obviously they're biased and only so many guys have been around him i think guys that have been around him you know would would advocate for his hiring but you know that those are not the guys you're trying to convince you know it's right. it's gms it's owners and yeah there's not many coaches that have flamed out this hard in two separate situations back to back and then just get another third chance right away uh, especially guys who don't have a proven history beyond that um but overall i mean we'll we'll do our our top 10 well, power rankings or go you, ahead you were i i just want to touch briefly on uh mitchell robinson Oof. like you were talking about that uh in the office earlier and just like how tough this is if you drafted Mitchell Robinson uh to sort of see a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of you know at what point in the season could he be getting 28 minutes a game and it's just sort of even if they get rid of Fisdale which seems highly highly likely they can't get rid of all these terrible players they brought in that these old guys that are sort of ahead of him in the hierarchy so I mean as I guess what's your level of concern with Mitchell Robinson? Extreme concern. Uh, I mean, luckily for me individually, I didn't draft him anywhere, but he was a major component of my keeper league team, which sits pretty high in my rankings of teams that I care about. Mm -hmm. It's a fun league, um, you know, one that involves a lot of guys in the office, and it's really the only true dynasty league that I play in that it you know involves contracts and all that. Let me put it to you this way. What is how big is the gap between Mitchell Robinson and Robert Williams rest of the season? Uh, much smaller than it should be. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I'd still rather have Robinson because Williams, in some ways, has the same problem. Uh, although Robinson, it feels like, has proven himself to the point that he shouldn't have that problem. Whereas Williams, you know, is still extremely green, and you know, you have Tice and Cantor. Whereas the guys Robinson's competing with are vastly worse than him, and mm. not to mention it's, much older. It's like you. 
you almost feel more confident in knowing what you're getting out of Robert Williams from a minute standpoint mm-hmm. than you do Robinson. Um, well, what's concerning is it's not like Steve Mills and James Dolan are, are coming out and saying, we, we're not happy with what you're doing, Fizz, because you're not playing Mitchell Robinson enough. Like that's, That seems to just be totally beside the point. No, like nobody... They- <laughs> Like fans seem to be the only ones that want to see more of Mitchell Robinson. Like it doesn't add up. Like how many second round picks, you know, come in with minimal expectations. He was just, you know, kind of this big time athlete who didn't really play at all in college. Uh, had just kind of a weird history. Nobody really knew what to expect, and he's significantly better than you expected. He's the best shot blocker per minute, per possession, block percentage, all that that th- that's in the league by far. And then like how many teams turn around and play that guy? on the worst team in the league, three minutes less per game than he played last season in a season when he was already playing way less than he should have. Like it, it's gone the opposite way. Like even if he was playing the same minutes as last year, 25 minute minutes per game, which is kind of where he was over the second half, that would be okay. It would be disappointing. But you know, I think if, if you're, if you drafted Mitchell Robinson in the third or fourth round, you were thinking, even if the Knicks are bad, this is the one guy maybe alongside RJ Barrett who they're going to play no matter what. And it's gone the complete opposite direction. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was, you know, I thought worst case scenario he was going to get sort of mid-20s in yeah. minutes per game. And you could kind of dream on sort of a, well, maybe he's just their best player and he gets like 30 minutes a game, in which case he would easily lead the league in blocks. Uh, but man, I mean, I, I, that that summer that they had was really, I mean, I think it's up there kind of with that uh Miami Heat summer from like three or four years ago, just in terms of and like that uh, that Kings. Oh, the Kelly Olynyk summer. summer. Yeah, the like, summer. Yeah. Like the, there's there's been some infamous horrible summers uh, over the past like five or six years, and I think yeah. this one's. Uh, definitely I think like the right Suns had one of those too, didn't they? Um, I mean they've I think the year they brought in all those point guards. I mean they're bad. They do bad things every summer, yeah, yeah, uh, well, except for this past summer. Apparently, yeah. This this might be the worst of all, though. I mean, this be, at least some of those like the moves were semi justifiable at the time, or there was a spin on it where it kind of made sense. And these moves were clowned the minute that they made them, and they've they've somehow looked worse than they did right. on July first. Right. It's it's somehow gotten even worse. Yeah, that's enough about the Knicks. They're the worst team in the league. Uh, a bunch of injuries over these last few days, as despite the load management, despite advanced training nutrition sleep techniques that we continue to hear about um you know we just keep having these kind of fluky injuries uh De'Aaron Fox down for at least three weeks after uh spraining his ankle pretty severely in practice earlier this week Chris Middleton is going to miss sounds like probably close to a month if not a little bit more uh with a I think a quad injury we still haven't gotten a ton of clarification on that and then a broken hand for Gordon Hayward so two key wings in the east two guys who were probably going to be in the mix for the all-star team uh, based on how they were playing and, and based on reputation. And then a guy in Fox who has been pretty disappointing so far. Uh, I think a lot of that is just the lack of infrastructure in Sacramento, the new coach, the overcrowded roster, you know, a pretty bad summer, like you just hinted at. Um, but we'll start with Fox. There's not a lot to say about him specifically. I mean, it's, it's just kind of been up and down. He he'd started to look a little bit better of late, but I think the much bigger storyline here is not that Corey joseph played 38 minutes and had three points on one of six shooting (laughs) but that bogdan bogdanovich is suddenly kind of rejuvenated after a little bit of a slow start some kind of rumblings that he maybe wanted out after they re-signed buddy healed kind of seemed like he was maybe going to get squeezed a little bit just based on some of these kind of weird moves like bringing in Corey joseph uh but then last night he plays 32 minutes off the bench 25 points 10 assists four steals six or seven at the line three three pointers and Sacramento gets a big win over Portland at home. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's, I think he's the best passer on that team, even when Fox is healthy. And I think he's just been his entire tenure really in Sacramento. He's been miscast as their backup shooting guard. And you know, I I, I don't know what you're supposed to do when when Fox is healthy. Like, it's not like you're going to bench or you're going to send Fox or Heal to the bench. But uh, he's just probably the most you know, like him and maybe Sabonis slash Zach Collins, like when everyone's healthy on those teams, might be the the three most sort of miscast players in mm-hmm. the league in terms of just being m- way too good to be not starting at their natural positions. But that's sort of where they're at because of the rosters. And 
I, I just I think Bogdanovich might be a top 25, top 30 fantasy player while Fox is out just because he's really their clear uh, top creator with Fox out because Corey Joseph is exactly what Corey Joseph has always been, just a, a fine backup point guard who's completely incapable of uh, running an offense for 30 minutes a game. So, you know, I think they that, that win last night uh, was sort of the perfect uh, – you know, setting the stage for what's going to happen here over the next month where they get the win, and it's basically just because Bogdanovich was running the offense the whole night, had a lot of really nice passes, everyone seemed to be uh, involved. I mean, his threes, you know, he's been shooting 50% or 56% on threes over the last few games, which is obviously unsustainable, but he's taking really tough threes. You know, he he's one of those guys that will pull up from anywhere uh, in transition and just really fun to watch. So, I'm I'm excited to see what happens this offseason with him being a free agent and one of the you know two or three best players available. I, I could see him getting a contract. You know, I I could see him being the highest paid Bogdanovich in the league after this upcoming offseason. I I think so too. I think the bigger point is just that it's a shallow free agent class, and history has shown that that doesn't necessarily deter teams from handing out money. I think there's going to be desperation no matter what, and. I mean, Bogdanovich isn't a guy I would, you know, if you're a fan of a team, you probably don't want them throwing $100 million at. But at the same time, I also don't think there's like major bust potential there. I think it would like the worst case scenario is it turns into kind of a Chris Middleton like deal where it's like, yeah, he's productive. Yeah, we're paying him too much, but it could be a lot worse. Like, I mean, this is the Kings are throwing basically $100 million at Harrison Barnes Mm -hmm. over the next few years. He's making $24 million this year and it de-escalates. So I guess closer to ninety. I think it'll be really interesting. It'll kind of depend, I think, on how this season goes for Sacramento, and so far it hasn't gone great. Um, do they end up dealing him? You know, after signing Buddy Heald, I mean, you you are now committed big time money to Harrison Barnes, Dwayne Dedman, who's been arguably the worst free agent signing per dollar I didn't of see anybody that coming at all. I he, thought that was actually a decent. I did too. I mean, I. of all the king's contracts i thought that one made the most sense and he's playing i mean he's basically like their third center now i mean he's been overtaken by rashawn holmes and is playing like five minutes a game they're paying trevor reza still 13 million dollars next year he's making more money next year than he is right now Corey joseph signed for 37 and a half million dollars over three years so he's still on the books the bagley you know bagley's going to get paid at some point the elites is still on the books De'Aaron fox has to get paid buddy healed you know is making close to max money I think it's adding up to Bogdanovich is restricted this summer. They're not going to want to pay him the kind of money we're talking. Do they end up kind of trying to sell off, you know, an asset before they potentially lose him for nothing? Well, I'm not, I think uh, any normal team, that would be a foregone conclusion that he would be getting traded this year. I mean, you can't assume the Kings are going to do the right thing here. I mean, really, if you look at the Vladi Divac uh, tenure, it's been, you know they they hit on the fox pick they hit on the bogdanovich pick and they ended up winning the demarcus cousins trade but every other move they've made has just been horrible i mean just disastrous and so you know you just can't bet on them making good moves going forward i think it would be you know he might be like him and you know gallinari uh I'm trying to think who else might be available. Maybe Kevin. It's going to be pretty bleak. I mean, in terms of like expiring guys or guys that are going to be changing teams uh, this upcoming summer, I think it's like Bogdanovich and Gallinari as as sort of your top. I mean, the weak free agency class kind of means the same thing. It's going to be a weak expiring trade class. And as we're going to get into with our these uh, power rankings, uh, you know, a guy like that could really lift some of these teams like there's the obvious teams that are that are already uh finals contenders but you know there's a there's a few teams out there where they're off to really good starts they they're playing well on both sides of the ball and adding a guy like that could really uh you know vault them into you know possibly conference Mm -hmm. final territory so there's a quote two weeks ago uh an unnamed gm told sean devaney devaney i think he's at heavy.com now used to be with sporting news quote uh referring to the kings they're probably going to have to trade him but that's not something to rush into there would be a good market for bogdanovich if they figure they can't go far right now but the kings are still looking to make all this work this season so basically summing up what you said there all this meaning a pretty bad roster with a very questionable coach 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to get to a point in, you know, around the new year mm-hmm. where it's just very clear you're not going to the postseason. And uh, <laughs> it's just, are you willing to admit that? Like, are you willing mm-hmm. to say, oh, crap, we totally miscalculated uh, how this season was going to go and we have to pivot uh, this quickly? You know, obviously a good general manager would do that. Um you know who knows what the mandates are from ownership in terms of mm-hmm. games won this season or anything like that. But uh, I mean, he's the type of guy where you know I I hope that in free agency he can go somewhere where he can be a primary ball handler. There aren't many mm-hmm. of those roles available, uh, and you can't really expect him to go to that type of situation via trade. Yeah. But uh, he's the type of guy that would obviously help any team uh, either off the yeah. bench or as uh, the starting shooting guard. So the same the same writer notes that the Knicks are a team that has expressed interest, and weirdly enough, would be kind of a savvy move for them if they could dump some of those contracts. Um, Never mind, nothing. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> what, what happened? We're watching. We're watching the Stephen A. Smith show in the studio. <laughs> nothing. Um, Inside joke. I uh, I kind of like that for the Knicks. I mean, you'd you'd do this under the assumption that they're the ones that are now paying him his next contract. If you can pawn off, I don't know, Bobby Portis. <laughs> Taj Gibson, Alfred Payton, any of the above, uh, in exchange for Bogdanovich, you know, maybe you do that. Uh, I think teams will be lining up. I right. mean, it, selfishly, I think the Bucks would be an awesome fit for Bogdanovich. I don't, I don't know that they have what Sacramento will be looking for. Although they do have the extra first round pick from Indiana, we'll see how that ends up shaping up. I mean, that could be a piece. They have some minimally appealing young guys: Divincenzo, Wilson, Sterling Brown, Connaughton, all those type of guys. Um, but really, when, I mean, when Bogdanovich is only making like what eight million, I think this year, like you could you could make a trade with basically any team right. in terms of matching salary. It's not it's not a Chris Paul situation. Yeah, I mean, I think he would be a really great fit on the Bucks, but they're not really in a position to be the team that gives him that deal. So I think for them, it's a rental, right? You know, I mean, I wonder if. You know, he'd be such a fascinating fit on a team like the Hawks. Sure. Uh, granted, he wouldn't be able to have the ball in his hands that much as a as a playmaker. But I mean, if you have him, Trey Young, and Kevin Herter, that's just really elite floor spacing mm-hmm. uh, and horrible defense. Uh, even even though Bogdanovich Bogdanovich is kind of an underrated defender, but um, you know, still not a no. a plus defender by any means. Yeah, uh, I think Minnesota would be interesting. Uh, I, I, and I do get the impression part of the reason he doesn't necessarily want to be in Sacramento is he doesn't want to be the sixth man. Like I think he yeah. wants to go somewhere where he's, you know, if it's a good team, maybe the third option. If it's not a good team, you know, maybe the second option. Minnesota is one of you know a few only a few teams where, yeah. you know, I hope they would be smart enough to just give him the the keys to the offense if if they got him. But mm-hmm. that's you know that's the type of team where if all of a sudden they add him without you know taking anyone off of their you know top five or six players yep. all of a sudden they be, become a team that could maybe go get like a fifth or sixth seed out mm-hmm. west let's talk about the value in daily fantasy for a minute the big prizes are attractive but you have to finish in the top two percent out of thousands of experts to win any real money so even on your best day you still feel like you're losing now you can play something better that is stat hero Stat Hero is a house-based game that combines the best of Daily Fantasy and Survivor Pools. Each Stat Hero contest lasts multiple days, but requires only one entry fee, so your money lasts longer. Yes, you can play multiple days with only one entry fee. Stat Hero gives you smaller contests and more chances to win, and no more competing with sharks or experts ever, because your only competition is Stat Hero itself. You play Stat Hero, you beat Stat Hero, you get paid by Stat Hero. Survive the game and download Stat Hero today and see how the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. Finally, a game designed for the rest of us. Stat Hero, now open for NFL and NBA and available on both iOS and Android. For more information, please visit StatHero.com. A couple other guys that I regret early uh, taking in different leagues. Joel Embiid, who is resting tonight. This will be his fourth, I think, missed game already. Uh, A couple due to suspension, a couple due to rest. Not a good decision by me. Um, although at, at the at the spot that I got him, I felt okay. I mean, I think it was like top around two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever. That's just kind of part of the deal. The other guy is Chris Porzingis, who I have in an NFBKC league. 
I, I took him, it was down to him or Bam, and I should have just taken Bam. I In my heart, I wanted to take Bam. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was pick like 32 or something like that, and for some reason it just felt a little too high, and I had these delusions of grandeur that I would just get them both, and Bam, I think, went like two picks later. Uh, Porzingis is a very good player. He is not an elite night-to-night fantasy guy, in, and you know not that Bam necessarily is, but... I guess you just kind of forget that like Porzingis is prone to nights like the other night, one of 11 from the field, you know, got to the line one time uh, against a Boston front court. That's not that great. Um, You know, one assist, like he just has these games that other like legitimate superstar players, Mm -hmm. like his Porzingis's floor night to night is much lower, I think, than, than I imagined it would be or that I remembered that it was. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely comes with the territory when you have his type of offensive game as a, as a big man. But, uh, you know, I I expect his uh, consistency and efficiency to kind of slowly increase as the season goes on. I mean, it's been you know over a calendar year since he had played uh, before this season, and I just I wonder if I mean I I honestly wouldn't wouldn't you be surprised if he didn't improve as the season went on? Like, why would he not improve? Yeah, I mean, he he should, on? but I mean, he just has the injury to me. Like that was so far in the past. Like I don't. I don't but know. I mean, I guess just, like it's reacquainting just, I just, yourself. I just mean like getting, you know, not only are you on a brand new team, yeah. uh, but it's just been so long since you were yeah. taking shots in games that mattered, you know? Yeah. No, true. I mean, the blocks are nice. That's kind of the, the saving grace my, with him is he's a two and a half blocks a game guy. My biggest regret from draft season is uh, I, you know, I wanted Donchich obviously in, in every league and in every league the bidding got to a point where i was just like fine like you can you can have him like i i love him but i'm not going to spend a third of my budget on him and i kind of wish that at least in one of those leagues i'd gotten the extra dollar there i have him in one league and it's the league that i care possibly the least about (laughs) which is like super depressing it's like i you know doing well so far and then there's just not much on the line Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean we we can gush about Doncic for an hour he's been incredible but I mean, you've you've been on the Doncic train as long as anybody, so I think you de- you deserve as much credit for his development as he does. I'm just trying to get out of the red from the Josh Jackson call. <laughs> That's, I mean, I th- honestly, this Ingram turning things around is going to help, but I mean, this might take. This is kind of one of those. I need I need Doncic to get to at least like second team All NBA for yeah. me to get. Uh, I think officially out of the red on that that Jackson call. The Jackson call was the king summer of calls because it's <laughs> it's going to take you know it's the life of a contract. You know, it might take three four years yeah. for you to kind of get that off the books, and if you could amnesty, Look, I didn't have all the information <laughs> that I could have had. Uh, didn't know he was smoking <laughs> weed around babies. Yeah. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season is in full swing, and FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, and these contests start at just $0.25 per entry. All you have to do is pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. You can play against your friends for bragging rights, or you can play against the public for millions of dollars in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new FanDuel users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with that first deposit on FanDuel. That'll get you access to our DFS lineup optimizers, premium articles, draft software, everything you need to win your leagues this season. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Okay, real quickly before power rankings, whose early season kind of surge is the most surprising to you? Andrew Wiggins, Brandon Ingram, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, or I can't believe he's on this list, Tristan Thompson. Uh, I will I will note that both Wiggins and Ingram are averaging more points per game than Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, and Devin Booker. The Wiggins one's the least surprising um, from a points per game standpoint. It's just, you know, I we'll see, uh, you know, a month from now just sort of where he's at in terms of efficiency and everything. Uh, but that one really hasn't been that surprising to me i mean he's always been able to be a volume scorer um you know maybe the maybe the jalen brown one uh mm-hmm. you know i i think everyone even people highest on brandon ingram should be able to readily admit that there's no way any of this would be happening if they 
had not experienced the injuries they've experienced. Uh, so I think it's a product of that. You know, maybe a little bit of Jalen Brown's is, you know, his last couple games have been awesome without Gordon Hayward. But uh, still, you know, I don't know if anyone really thought he had this in him from a, from a scoring standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's shooting over 50%. And that's with this. shooting poorly from three, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's it's him. I mean, I think that I sort of expected him to just continue to sort of be a really good role player this season just given their other options and he's mm-hmm. been obviously much better than that he's been better than tatum on a lot of nights i mean mm-hmm. certainly the other night when when tatum was one of 18 i mean they're kind of neck and neck i mean they're within two points of each other in terms of scoring i mean i, I was honestly surprised you know, usually once or twice a week i'll just kind of look through the league leaders on basketball reference i mean Jalen brown is at 19.8 points per game on uh, and and a lot of it you know you can say like the culture reset without Kyrie but you brought in a, a similar high volume point guard like they didn't really lose all that much in terms of production like Al Horford at this point in his career was not a volume scorer by any means um it's just it's simply been Jalen Brown just being a much better player I mean playing playing more minutes has helped but even per 36 I mean he's up like four points per game uh, and you would think you know based on these last few years I mean he's a 36 percent career shooter and he's barely over 30 percent so could could he be I mean, is he what like top three right now and most improved player? That's a good question. Um, was it was it you or Alex that we went over this last week? Oh, it, it wasn't me. I, I I might have said Pascal Siakam was the favorite like a week ago, but uh, I believe the favorite when we looked last week, and I'll I'll pull these up as we speak. I didn't mean the betting favorite. I just meant like um, yeah, but it just kind of gives a good baseline. I know the favorite betting was SGA. I, that would be absurd to me because he's a second year player like what do you, what do you, he's a second year player who's going to a situation where he's getting more mm-hmm. uh, higher usage so why why, why does he I, get I, I don't set the odds yeah. I'm just saying um yeah so I'm looking at it right now SGA is the favorite you know he's actually tied now with Brandon Ingram they're both at plus 550 I won't read the numbers but in order the next candidates are Malcolm Brogdon Pascal Siakam Doncic Trey Young Devontae Graham making an appearance Bam Adebayo Jason Tatum Jonathan Isaac Deontay Murray Terry Rozier, so, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of deserving candidates. You can get Jalen Brown at plus seven thousand right now, so he has the same odds as Dennis Smith. If you want to jump on I, that, I think that's a very sound bet. I, I think Jonathan Isaac, Bam Adebayo, pretty sound bets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love Doncic, but you know, I guess he kind of would be deserving if he were to keep this up but it's also sort of you know i mean we were drafting him as a top 15 player in fantasy like it's not like he's not coming from uh being Mm. outside of the top 20 or anything like that um when you start that high as a rookie it's tough brandon ingram i think brandon ingram jalen brown pascal siakam and uh and uh, jonathan isaac would probably be my Mm -hmm. front runners right now I, I just don't I don't think Siakam will actually be a true contender. I just I don't think they're going to give it to somebody two years in a row. I think he deserves it. He deserves to be in the conversation at least, but I don't think he'll get it. Well, we'll see. I mean, if he I don't think it's impossible for him to be one of the you know, we we went over the forwards for last year's All-NBA teams and it was always just a struggle to find six guys that were deserving. I mean, he might be a top four top five forward uh, by mm-hmm. the end of the year depending on how healthy everyone stays so like if he were to make second team all nba after being a non-all-star last year i mean that's that's a pretty meteoric rise let me ask you this is he already assuming he stays healthy a lock to start the all-star game uh you know toronto fans will will show out and vote so i think that that's i don't know who the other four is i mean jimmy butler Coming into, yeah, coming into the year, I think I probably had Butler in, in one of those. So I think you could even, you could shoehorn Butler into shooting guard. I think yeah, I think yeah. Kyrie, no, I Kyrie think, Butler, I think you're right. Siakam, Giannis, Embiid. Yeah. I don't see. I don't know who who's even like the next guy. I'm looking at the list. Like Trey Young will get a lot of like love. The Boston I think. guys. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I think Hayward like like Hayward would have maybe had a shot the way he was playing, but he's going to miss too much time. Yeah, no, I think it is. Blake's yeah, missed too right. much time, or like the Orlando guys. <laughs> maybe they'll get Vucevic again. Who knows? Like, I I think I had Brad Beal on my list, not as a starter, but he can still probably sneak in based on numbers. But the Wizards are are looking like they'll mm-hmm. be just as bad as anybody in the East. 
Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That is why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place. You can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I just used SeatGeek earlier this year, twice actually, to get tickets to Green Bay Packers games. No issues either way. Just downloaded the tickets, had them right on my phone, scanned them, boom, I was in. Super, super easy. That's how it works with SeatGeek. And best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA, R-O-T-O-N-B-A. Again, that promo code is ROTONBA for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, let's look at power rankings. We didn't exactly define you know, a super strict criteria with these. I, I think it's a, a combination of what's happened so far plus you know, how we feel about these teams long-term. So we're not going to throw the Phoenix Suns in at like number three based on their hot start. Um, it's kind of what have you shown us so far? With, at least for me personally, I'm more heavily weighted. How do I feel about you as a long-term contender? Is that about how you did yours? Yep. Okay, I'll let you start then. Do you want to give me your top three or do you want to break them into tiers? I have a five-team top tier. Okay, give me that top tier. Okay, so in order, I have the Clippers, the Jazz, the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Sixers. And I think that that, that tier basically to me is finals contenders. Like I, Those are the only five teams that I can picture winning the finals this year. And okay. I think they've all got pretty bulletproof resumes so far. I mean, they none of them have more than one bad loss they've all beaten really good teams uh you know the clippers i mean that they're obviously not doing everything in their power to get the one seed but when the like the clippers at their best this year have looked better than any other team Mm -hmm. at their best to me uh the jazz are doing really well despite the fact that mike conley was horrible for the first like five games of the season they, you know, their loss to the Lakers was without Bogdanovich. Uh, I, I just love what they bring on both ends of the court. The Bucks have kind of, like, it, it seems almost like as a Bucks fan, this has sort of been a ho hum type of start. But yet, you look at everything, and they're like top three in the league and pretty much everything. Yep. And uh, the Lakers have obviously been been excellent. They've taken advantage of a sort of soft schedule, but they've got some good wins and. You know, I think I, I of of all these teams, I think they could use a addition one way or the other, probably the most. Um, just in terms of when you get to the playoffs and you start looking at playoff rotations, how many guys do they actually have that you want playing in a in a Western Conference Finals type of series? Um, the Seventy Sixers, I think, have probably gotten off to the worst start of those five teams just in terms of like net rating and everything but like you said Joel Embiid hasn't played I mean he's played in like 60% of their games mm-hmm. um they they're the team I think of of those five teams that probably was going to take the longest to sort of gel together on the offensive end obviously their defense has been pretty good uh but offensively they've been you know kind of mediocre but I, I expect as the season goes on that they will improve there Okay, so I have Milwaukee number one and the Clippers number two. You can flip-flop those. In terms of actual title contender, I think I would go Clippers. Um, but you know, we haven't seen PG yet. They're still 7-3 and three with no Paul George. They've had the second-hardest schedule. They're ninth in net rating. They've even been without Kawhi for a couple of those games. I, I think I've almost been more impressed with their supporting cast than I have yeah. been Kawhi. I mean, like the Montrez-Beverly-Lou Williams tandem or threesome is – like any one of those guys would be a massive piece for the Lakers. You know, a team that you talked about that has such a shallow bench. Like, you know, they're psyched to get Rajon Rondo back last <laughs> night. And like Rajon Rondo wouldn't even play for the Clippers. Yeah. And I mean, Mo Harkless would probably be in the Lakers closing five in a playoff series. If not, he would be a huge part 
of what they're yeah. doing. Like they're to me, the Lakers are still one or maybe even two real pieces away. And for a team that's as limited as they are with assets, you're talking buyout guys, you're talking, you know, like last season's Mike Muscala trade type of guys. Like they need to like hit the jackpot on something like that to to kind of join the Clippers, I think, on an even tier. And we've seen LeBron go up levels in the playoffs that kind of compensates for maybe inferior rosters, but you're asking a lot to I'm, go up against Kawhi and Paul George. I'm also kind of factoring in that I just do not buy that LeBron can play, you know, let's say 76 games. I don't think he can play 76 games this year at the level he's playing right now. Mm -hmm. I guess I just have my doubts about that given how old he is. I mean, he's been amazing, but, you know, I think that he's kind of peaking right now, which is sort of rare for a LeBron season uh, to be peaking this early in the season but i i expect at some point there will either be a injury that pops up or just sort of a you know i'm going to kind of coast on defense for six weeks i mean he's he's playing really good defense. he's been incredible on defense like, what, which is concerning like, how the heck is he going to keep this That's, up he's I been just, suspiciously good on defense I, yeah. I just you know yeah. who, who knows what's no. going on uh with that i mean obviously coming off the least amount of games played he's had in a in his season uh but I, I still am kind of wary mm-hmm. about this continuing. He looked tired last night. I'll tell you that down the stretch, he was short on everything. Took some terrible shots. Um, you know, still had a, a ton of assists, and the Lakers won that game. But he, he hasn't looked great the last few games. That that LeBron lead the league in assist bet we talked about preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were smart enough to make that one, yep. I think you're you're looking pretty good right now. I remember writing back in like September. One of my like predictions for the season was that LeBron and Chris Paul would be one and two in assists. One of those is looking great. <laughs> Chris Paul is averaging like five assists a game. That's looking terrible. He's really going to have to pick it up. Uh, I don't think he'll be up there. You didn't have LeBron and Brogdon? I didn't have Brogdon. <laughs> I, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, I feel semi-vindicated. I haven't, I yeah, haven't, no, no, you should. I, I haven't I, voiced this on Twitter because it's just it, it's yeah. a terrible idea. And yeah. you'll, just get, you'll get like jumped in a back alley by Bucks fans. But You're followed by like you know, half of your followers are Bucks fans. Yeah. And they would just jump all over you. But like I, I, I was the one saying... Um, you know, they can easily kind of make up, you know, 85, 90% of Malcolm Brogdon with the players on the roster, and that uh, is not looking uh, correct I mean, right now. To be fair, they kind of have, but I, I just think their ceiling is and, so much lower and, now. And to be fair, part of the reason why uh, the Pacers were the high team on him and other teams weren't in that sort of ballpark contract-wise was because of the long-term concerns about him yep. from a health standpoint. So, I mean, it's you know 20 games into the year 15 games into the year probably too soon to say that that was a great contract yeah. but uh he's been obviously awesome yeah no i agree i i don't think if you ask the bucks like the bucks aren't surprised that he's playing this well i right. think they knew he was this good i think it's well, more about the longevity and he's in that brandon ingram camp as well where it's very just look at the roster look at the way that everything has to work mm-hmm. on that roster and that's kind of why yep. he's putting up these numbers Yep. So I have Milwaukee one, like I said, third in net rating, fourth in offense, ninth in defense, and they have the toughest schedule. Um, but looking ahead, I, I think Milwaukee, despite losing Chris Middleton, is in a really good spot going forward. Their next 21 games, 15 of those 21 come against just like terrible teams, like most like well below 500 teams for the most part. The only teams that are 500 or better from now until Christmas Day when they play the Sixers they they have indiana this saturday at indiana that's a tough game they get utah on november 25th their next game against a 500 team is until december 6th against the clippers then they play the mavericks the lakers pacers and then that that sixers game on christmas but there's a lot of memphis there's a lot of orlando new york cleveland charlotte chicago coming up they play chicago twice in the next three games i have a feeling that by the second time they play the pacers we'll be lumping the pacers into the bad teams category because Mm -hmm. if you look at the teams the Pacers have beaten so far this season uh Nets Cavs Bulls Wizards Pistons Magic Thunder those are their all good wins (laughs) so uh let's let's revisit when they beat an actual good team okay so Milwaukee one Clippers two I have the Lakers number three I've been I feel the same way basically as you do where it, it almost feels like they're going a little too hard early on but you know they they kind of have to like a lot of these these wins have been close and they've needed you know big fourth quarters from lebron and davis and the way that 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 roster is constructed they don't have another option like 
I, even today, I saw some writer kind of clowning the the narrative that LeBron would go to LA because he needed a better infrastructure. So he didn't want to play 35 minutes a night. He's going to be right up there again in the league leaders in minutes, as he always is. Um, and if if they want to win games, he has to be like that's just how it works. They don't have another guy, and you know, the return return of Kuzma, who was awesome last night, should help. But they're still even with Kuzma, like they're still really shallow. That doesn't mean all of a sudden LeBron can play five fewer minutes per game. Uh, but that said, they're the number one defense. That was unexpected. They're right in the middle of the pack in offense, which is a, a little concerning, you know, based on having two of the best offensive players in the league. Um, do you think that where do you think they're at the end of the season? Do you think their defense finishes ahead of their offense? Mm, I think it'll be close. I think they'll be like tenth in defense, and because I feel like there's regression coming on both of those. Where they're, I think they're. Well, I think offense, there's progression coming on offense. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like I think they're going to be. I still think they could finish the year as a top like six offense, and then defensively, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they were borderline top ten by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, part of it is Davis has not been shooting the three well. LeBron's been terrible from three, and you know it's basically been Danny Green and like Troy Daniels. Um, I mean, as a team, they're twenty sixth in three point percentage. They're barely they're under thirty two percent now after last night for the season. Uh, but they too, like a lot of these good teams, have played the fourth toughest schedule. So. They, they have it kind of soft for the next few months, and then it, it picks up a lot, you know, kind of around the All-Star break. I have the Sixers at four. They they kind of seem like the team that's already load managing in some ways and, and kind of plotting for June, which I wouldn't is smart. Be, I mean, if I said over under the three seed in the East. I don't think they care. I, I still, no, I know. I, I know. I'm just saying. I still think they're top think, two. I think, think they'll, just by virtue of talent, they'll be in the top two. But I would it, I would take the field over the Sixers for the number two seed. Okay, and that's fair. And we'll we'll get to that in in kind of tier two here with some of these other teams. So Sixers at four. I have the Boston Celtics at number five. Um, still a little bit iffy on them as a long term contender, but they have the second best offense in the league, the seventh best defense. They have had a soft schedule so far. That's part of it. Uh, but they're the only one loss team in the league right now. They're eight and one. Um, they've looked really good. They didn't miss a beat the other night, you know, without Gordon Hayward. I think they're eventually going to feel that, but guys like Tatum and Brown stepping up, you know, Kemba's been a good fit so far. The center position still a little concerning their depth, you know, relying on guys like Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Brad Wanamaker, Javante Green, you know, that's, I don't know how viable that is long-term, but I think the biggest thing for me watching the Celtics is they look like the Celtics from two or three years ago, at least in terms of style, in terms of sharing the ball, like it's, it's a different team and you could make the argument that the aggregate talent is maybe a little bit lower without Kyrie and, and Horford, but I think they're a better team for it. And honestly, to a lot of people, this isn't that much of a surprise. Yeah, I didn't include them in this tier just because barring a big time addition in the front court, I can't picture this team winning the finals, whereas I, I actually can picture the Jazz winning the finals. Uh, I don't. I don't know why I'm so much higher on the Jazz than you are. If, if You've been just, a long-time Jazz guy. I'd, if it's I'd just like me it. being crazy or if it's you being crazy or a combination of both. I, I can't picture the Utah Jazz winning the finals. That's what it comes down to. I just think – No one in that division. Their roster is just so perfectly constructed to me that I, I can see it, whereas the, the Celtics is just – I can't get over that gaping hole in the front court. I don't know what they do when they have to face Joel Embiid or Giannis in a, yeah. a seven-game series. I just can't picture them winning that. Okay, so do you want to give me your tier two? My tier two is only two teams. Okay, so this would be six and seven in your rankings. Yes, and they're, if I were labeling this tier, I would say awesome regular season teams that don't really have a chance to win the finals, and that's the Celtics and Raptors. Okay, I have the Raptors number six and the Jazz number seven. So we have the same top seven, just in a different order. Um, I've, I've been wrong about the Raptors. That's my biggest miss call i guess is i really thought they would take a step back i thought siakam would would be really good but i didn't think kyle lowry would be as good as he was to begin the year i didn't think van vliet or norman powell og all these guys like basically everybody on their roster with maybe the exception of marcus all has stepped up and with the injuries to lowry and ibaka you know we'll kind of see what happens but i mean they didn't need him the other night against a good lakers team i think i mean siakam might just be that good that in a week east like the siakam plus Van Vliet plus good role players is enough to just beat like the bottom eight teams in the East every night. And that, that might be a recipe to like 45 plus wins easily. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the Raptors a lot before the season, uh, but I, even I didn't necessarily think they'd be this good. You know, I, I thought 
I think Nick Nurse is going to finally kind of get his due this season by by what he's doing with this team. I, I thought Van Vliet would be good. I thought Siakam would take another step. I did not see this version of OG Ananobi coming. I mean, I've, I've always liked OG Ananobi as a, as a role player, but as a kind of elite role player, like a, a Sean Marion type of role player. Yeah. Like, I mean, I did not see this coming at all. I mean, he's over, is he still over a, a block and a half and a steal and a half a game, something like that? I mean, it's just I been... Not know. Uh, a wild start for him. I mean, if you, if you got him in your in your fantasy leagues, you are sitting pretty right now. Uh, I mean, he might be a top fifty player by the end of the year, which I don't think anyone saw coming. And the the reason I would almost have the Raptors even higher. It's just that there's no way this minute load for these top six guys yeah. on the team is going to be sustainable. Well, and it's already, we've already seen Lowry's hurt. OG's it was comical hurt. almost like 38 minutes. Yeah. Just pencil those guys in Van Vliet, Siakam, Lowry, Ibaka. It, it's, I mean, it's on the one hand, I applaud nurse for uh, just being like, well, look, what am I going to play? Stanley like Johnson. Michael Jordan no. played 38 minutes. <laughs> um, I mean, he he knows who the good players on his team are. Like, yeah. I mean, and so so you're basically saying you're applauding him for not playing Stanley Johnson. Like, I'm, I'm applauding him for not playing his bad players. <laughs> um, but I, it's just there's no there's no way this is going to work, mm-hmm. and I I really hope it doesn't result in Siakam getting hurt. Um, but you know, we'll see. And and there, you know, maybe the, everyone was talking before the year, like, are they going to move Lowry? Are they going to move Gasol? Maybe they actually become kind of low-level buyers yep. and maybe they become a like a Bogdanovich type of destination or something like that where you know they're gonna have money uh you know if they're not getting the signals from Giannis that they that they hope to get maybe they add add Bogdanovich into the the long-term mix but it, they, they could add a guy and maybe that would help with the uh the minute situation going on mm-hmm. yeah that, I actually like that call a lot Bogdanovich to to Toronto as kind of the future number two slash three guy with, with Siakam. Um, okay, so like I said, I had Raptor six, Jazz seven. The Jazz have up to number two in defense, kind of where we expected. Number three schedule. They are still 23rd in offense. A lot of that can be chalked up to, to Conley's slow start and you know Bogdanovich missing time. The flaw with them is Emmanuel Moutier is their backup point guard, at least for now, until Dante Exum, who I'm not sure is that much better, is back. Their bench is, is a little weak. Um, maybe, they, maybe they add a piece or two. It's pretty much, yeah, I mean, it's, well, and Joe Ingles has been terrible oh, yeah. this year. Really so, so that was another bad call by me. If you, but I, I, I really got to imagine he rounds into something like his his former self as the season goes on. I mean, I, maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just kind of the end of the road for him. But uh, you know, if they get the Joe Ingles of the past two years, then. I think that solves a lot of their depth issues because True. he can kind of be the ball handler of the second unit. Uh, I think Royce O'Neal's given them really yep. good minutes this year. Uh, Bogdanovich, the Bogdanovich Mitchell, it's not sort of your prototypical like one-two offensive punch, but it's working really, really well. I don't like, think Bogdanovich is involved in any typical one-two yeah, punch. He, like he's he's just a bucket getter, man. Like he. Is. he, he I mean, I don't want to give him too much credit for that game winner against the Bucks because uh, somehow their best shooter was wide open with two seconds to go uh, for the win. But I mean, he he killed the Bucks in that game. Uh, Mitchell's taken kind of a step forward. I mean, I, I think it's going to be kind of matchup dependent for them because they they don't match up well with the Clippers at all, and they they really don't match up that well with the Lakers. But if the Clippers and Lakers can play each other before the jazz have to play them and that way they would only have to go through one of them i think that there's there's a way mm-hmm. last note on the jazz you can still get plus money on gobert for defensive player of the year thank you i think i saw it at plus 155 this morning hmm who were do you remember is it still like Giannis and uh and the usual suspects i think davis was up there you um, know i i wonder if i wonder if Giannis might get it this year because uh, well, it like like you were saying you don't think siakam's gonna get most approved two years in a row this would be three for three Gobert. for Gobert. I mean, there have been guys that have gotten uh, defense player of the year three yeah. years in a row, but it's very rare. And I think if it's close, I think that might just be kind of a tiebreaker out of fatigue. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, it's Gobert, Davis, Giannis, Embiid, Kawhi, Smart, Covington, Isaac, George, Turner, and then Siakam's all the way down at thirty three hundred. 
I don't think he can get it just because I think he has to put too much yeah. into his offense for them to win games. But I think Giannis has just been really mm-hmm. exceptional on that end of the court this year. You can get Bam at plus 10,000, Capella at plus 10,000, Robinson at plus 7,000, Matisse Thibel at plus 5,000. So <laughs> I, go make that bet. Who do you think is more likely to win a defensive player of the year at some point in their career out of Bam Adebayo and Jonathan Isaac? Oh, I thought you were going to bring Robinson into this. Uh, I think Jonathan Isaac. I think he could have like a crazy Sean Marion counting stats type. Of, I mean, he kind of is having that mm-hmm. right now. And I think if he's able to somehow keep that up over the course of the next few months, he'll probably be in the conversation. You think OG could ever get there? I, all right. Uh, let, give me your last three teams. <laughs> give me your last three teams in the power rankings. Okay. Nuggets, Heat, Rockets. And then I have Mavs, Timberwolves as honorable mention. Okay, I have the same order. I have Denver 8, Miami 9, Houston 10, and then I did an next 5 out, Dallas, Indiana, Portland, Phoenix, Minnesota. And I, I would Minnesota is the one I would probably put a little bit higher. Uh, I just think ta- talent-wise. I think that I, I feel like the Timberwolves have a higher ceiling than the non-Mavs teams you listed there just because of, mm-hmm. you know, when they have the pieces – on that roster to have pretty good lineups around towns like you run into trouble if Wiggins reverts to last year Wiggins but you know Okogie's looked really good uh you know they've been without Teague for for some games so if if they they could be a team that adds a guy like Russell or a guy like uh, Bogdanovich and that could that could push them Mm -hmm. uh, up into that top 10. Yeah, I don't have too many notes. I mean, Denver, you know they've been my pick to win the West in the regular season. Been a little disappointing. 22nd on offense, 8th on defense, right in the middle of the pack in terms of schedule. Miami's been great on D, as we expected. Number 3 in that regard, number 17 on offense. They've had a ton of injuries, too. They have. They have. They barely had a complete team really all year. Houston, terrible on defense. They've somehow number 3 in offense, despite you know really rough start from three for James Harden they've had a terrible schedule that's kind of the one thing as you listed earlier like they have no good wins and all their losses have been to good teams I do want to I do want to list their schedule really quick because it's just I I had to do like a double take when I saw their wins so lost to the Bucks beat the Pelicans beat the Thunder beat the Wizards lost to the Nets lost to the Heat Beat the Grizzlies, beat the Warriors, beat the Bulls, beat the Pelicans again. So they got, they've gotten the Pelicans Pounding twice. the Pelicans. Wow. Like, holy crap. We'll see if they get the Pelicans in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> that could, uh, you know, if they get that, if they get that first-round matchup against the Pelicans and maybe they get the Kings in round yeah, two. Maybe the Warriors in round yeah. three. I think that they, they could get that. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I've always been, like, if, I, if it was, like, a yes or no question, are you, like, do you root for the Rockets? Do you, do you generally want to see them succeed? I would always say yes, just because they're fun to watch. I, li- I like Harden. I'm kind of, like... I'm just sick of this. Like they are not trying at all defensively. They've regressed as a whole in that area. Like they are, if you're a Rockets fan, it's gotta be just brutal to root for this team night to night. I kind of think that, okay. So like, you know, when you put in, like if you put in like your two weeks notice at a job, maybe you might be inclined to kind of just mail it in over those final two weeks. You sure might. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Diantoni's sort of there with this team, at least for the regular season, where he he sort of knows he's not coming back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got rid of all his assistant coaches, and I think he's just kind of like, whatever. You guys go do whatever you want to do. You're not going to defend, even if I tell you to. Yep. Uh, Russ, you're not going to play my style of ball, even if I tell you to. So just whatever. Yeah, I, I'm still not out on him being fired at some point. Like mm-hmm. they're they're playing like somehow they're seven and three. I he'll mean, be like if they need a scapegoat at some point, he'll yep. be the scapegoat. Okay, last note. Uh, you talked about you know maybe Philly versus the field for that two seed. I would like to point you in the direction of of some gambling odds. So Philly is still the heavy heavy favorite to win the Atlantic Division at minus two hundred. But the two teams that you think would probably jump them for that two seed, Boston is plus three seventy five and Toronto is plus six hundred. So if they're jumping Philly for the two, they're obviously jumping them for the division too. Wow, I mean, so you odds. could you could bet both those teams, yeah. and it would still be you basically make your own field bet. Yeah, I, I love that actually because I I really do. I, I just, I mean, I'll, I'll take the under on like sixty five games for Embiid. Um, this their offense is just it's not good enough in the regular season for them to be a like fifty. 152 win team to me like I just yep it's a bad it's it's a bad offense in in comparison to these other title contenders and I think the the Celtics 
this just could be one of those years, you know, you get rid of Kyrie Irving. I mean, if they still had Hayward, I would pound yep. that bet, but uh, we'll kind of see how that yep. shakes out. But yeah, a little, little bit worse odds. Uh, I don't know what book I grabbed those from, but FanDuel has Boston at plus 300, Toronto at plus 480, but still a lot of value there. What are the Heat to, or actually, I mean, this d- different division. But, yeah, the Heat are minus 310. Uh, do you want to guess the Bucks odds to win the Central? Minus. 1600 <laughs> minus 1150 okay. which i mean now now it doesn't I'd seem so comical that. but that is that's not a bad bet that's like yeah three <laughs> times the heat uh you can get the knicks at plus 20,000 right now Ooh. to win the atlantic we are 10 games into the season and they are plus 20,000 to win a five-team division um so yeah i like those celtics and raptors bets we'll uh we'll wrap it up there fun with the power rankings um figure something out for next week i'll be back with alice tomorrow headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.